0: In this roundtable discussion, I am joined once again by my sister, Kay Callum. How are you doing tonight?
1: I am excellent. How are you? Oh,
0: I'm doing well. So, uh, we are going to talk about Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, Bill and Ted's bogus journey. We might also talk a little about the uh, first issue of the uh, tr- Bill and Ted's Triumph, Most Triumphant Return, which is the comic book that uh, Drew and I reviewed uh a few weeks ago, we may also touch briefly on both the cartoon Bill and Ted's excellent Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures and the incredibly short-lived, I think seven eight episodes live action show of Bill and Ted's most uh Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures. Um, you would think they would have a few more different names. I mean. No.
1: You Well, actually, you would think that Bill and Ted's party or partying on dudes would fit in there somewhere, but...
0: Something, or be excellent to each other, you know, whatever. Yeah. I watched these back-to-back. They're only about 90 minutes each. A mm. uh, uh, couple of days before reviewing the comic book with Drew. Uh, I since lent you the, the DVDs so you could watch them. So we watched them at different times. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a week or two since I've watched them at least. So if I'm a little hazy on some stuff, that's why. But the uh, you're, you're just enough younger than I am. I was in college when uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure came out. Circle of friends I was in, people were like, you've got to go see this movie. So a friend and I went, first 10 minutes, I think both of us were sitting there thinking, why did we have to see this movie? <laughs> yes. Because it starts out, just these two guys are idiots, they're flunking history, they're idiots, go figure. Yeah. And then Rufus shows up, you get the time machine, things start kicking in, and it just is a lot of fun. Yes. Enough so that I picked up the DVDs, I don't even remember when. But I had them sitting over on one of my shelves of, of DVDs, of which I have far too many, unopened and, you know, open them up to, to watch them for the thing. Because, you know, I, I, I don't want to say I hoard DVDs. I, I acquire them knowing I, they're only so many hours in the day. So there's more unwatched ones than I care to admit.
1: But there are some movies that you see on sale and you just know, you know, there's going to be a time when that mood hits.
0: And that's exactly what happened. I think these two movies justified my purchase habit because it was one of those things. Literally, it was a Sunday night. I had a couple hours left in the evening. I'm grabbing dinner. I'm like, well, what am I going to do tonight? Oh, yeah, I'm going to review this comic later in the week. You know, I've got time to watch the movies. I've got the movies. Boom. Do it right then and there just the time it would have taken I me mean, certainly if i had to go hit you know best buy or somewhere to go get it forget it they wouldn't have had it, it wouldn't have take it would have taken too long even maybe hitting it on netflix or uh amazon prime or whatever that might have worked if i could find it but the time it would take to find just having a boom play go go you know awesome uh, See or most excellent
1: yeah exactly well starting just with watching them um, this time uh my dvd player died about four minutes before the end of bill and ted's excellent adventure oh so i got i mean i got through their school presentation mm-hmm. and i got right up to rufus showing back up and then it this froze. this will be a
0: spoiler filled discussion if we didn't make that clear oh but yeah that's sorry. the risk of time travel
1: it is it froze on that frame and I'm like, I'm pulling a Bill and Ted in the phone booth, pressing every button, <laughs> going, like, whoa. What? Yeah. And I realized my, my DVD player no longer works and it's suddenly saying, loading, there's no disc. Wow. <laughs> so I had to actually switch to watching it on my computer to get to see what turned out to be like two minutes of movie and two minutes of credits. Yeah. I was like, you know, given what great comedy this was, that was actually a pretty hilarious way to see the end of the movie.
0: Well, and it's a movie. It was done in uh, 88. It wasn't released until 89. Uh, I I don't think they had faith, uh, the production company, in the movie. And it's one that, while it hit huge, could have very easily been a huge flop.
1: Well, and And there are a couple scenes early on where you can tell... Some of this talent was very early in their career, and you can see why watching some of those scenes, some of the people watching it might have been
0: a little nervous releasing it. Oh, absolutely. And the irony is, it's entirely possible if they had released it when it was first done, it might not have been the right movie for the right time. Yes. Maybe that extra year helped it, maybe it didn't, don't know. But I recall it just, again, it's it hit so big Not only did it get a sequel, but it got a cartoon, a TV show. Granted, those faded pretty quickly. But it was big enough that for the cartoon, uh, Alex Winter, Keanu Reeves, and George Carlin did the voices for the first season.
1: Well, when it first came out, I was in high school. And, I mean,
0: that was the
1: late 80s, early 90s, you know, back when kids worked summer jobs to save up to buy a VCR so they and their friends could rent videotapes. And watch movies.
0: The olden days.
1: Yeah, pretty much. And Bill and Ted's was one of the movies that we went through all that to get to see. Yeah. You know, and it was a similar experience of the first, you know, 15 or 20 minutes. We're going, why are we supposed to be excited and have gone through all this labor to get to see movies like this? And really, it was when you get to that school presentation that you... That I at least understood why the movie hit big.
0: For me, it, again, that first few minutes, they're setting the characters up. They're likable, but they're stupid, which is the point of the whole thing. Mm. And you're like, okay, where is this? You know, can I relate to these characters? Do I want to relate to them? Whatever.
1: Well, almost every school had characters like that.
0: Oh, totally, totally. So,
1: in terms of whether or not you could relate to them, you had at least walked by people like that
0: in the hallway. Everybody knows somebody like this, totally. But then it gets to that adventurous part in the middle. It's moving along and the story keeps going at a good clip. Not too fast, not too slow. It's got some funny bits, but it's, it's, the story keeps going. It's not just pause for a joke, move, pause, pause for a joke. But then when they hit that bit of, Oh, are we going to, you know, make it to the presentation? I mean, this movie, the plot line is essentially what you've got for any musical, uh, uh, band, you know, kind of uh, plot line, you know, um, bring it on plot line. If, hmm. Anything where it's you've got the team, they've got to get it together, they've got the big presentation, can they succeed or not? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a classic story arc mm-hmm. that we have seen zillions of times, but they have such a different way of going about it. Instead of rehearsing, they're, they're researching by going through time. Okay, that's clever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right, the minute they hit that, Here's the big presentation. Their entire, not only their future, the entire future, both them and the galaxies, hinges on this one event. Can they convince their history teacher they've learned anything?
1: Yeah. Well, and their presentation is supposed to be what would these great, what would any great historical figure think of San Dimas today if they came here? So instead of going to the past, and learning about the past, which does seem to accidentally happen if you listen to their presentation. Because they give decent introductions of people. Yes. Okay, so they do accidentally learn something, by I can't figure out how dumb luck will say.
0: First-hand experience.
1: Well, maybe. Um, But instead of purposely learning things, they kidnap on accident the first time. Napoleon kind of gets dragged into their wormhole and comes through with them. So then they go, hey that's actually pretty clever. We can just take him up on stage and have him give our presentation for
0: us. But what's fun is they're having to interpret for these people, they're having to talk with these people, and while the, the historical figures, you know, Sigmund Freud, uh, Socrates, uh, Billy, Abraham, the Billy the Kid, Abraham Lincoln, etc., are, are there doing some stuff, it's an interactive thing where presumably the history teachers, wow, well, they went all out, they got actors.
1: Yeah, they got but people to dress up.
0: The production values of just the, the the spotlights, the staging of the thing, it was a fun presentation, completely unrealistic and unbelievable. Oh, yeah. But plays well.
1: Yeah, well, and I mean, I'll admit, you know, it's been a long time since I learned about Socrates, but I'm pretty sure Socrates was the one... Who thought that you learned through conversation, not through sign language? Yes. And I'm pretty sure Socrates was the one who would not let anyone break him out of jail, bribe his way out of jail, save his life when it came down to it, because he broke the law. He'd rather be put to death legally for breaking the law because he was part of a social contract.
0: I think they said the this version of Socrates up. When when they first are interacting with him, you know, they're essentially doing the days of our lives, you know, opening. Like uh, Sam through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. But the way lyrics were used, the way those kinds of cliche aspects of culture were played in worked. It
1: did, but my point is when we see Socrates put to use in medieval England he goes against what I know of Socrates. Oh,
0: absolutely. Anyone who's trying to get any historical information out of this is dumber than Bill and Ted. I mean...
1: Well, Abraham Lincoln might have been doing pretty good. I think you can sum up the Emancipation Proclamation with be excellent to one another and party on, dude.
0: It's a hell of a paraphrase. (laughs) But it fit. I also like the four score in seven minutes ago.
1: Yes!
0: They... They got some good actors, not brilliant, but but good for the but roles. Good.
1: I'm still trying to figure out Napoleon's love of the water park.
0: That was just it's Waterloo.
1: Ah, thank you. Okay, it was a play on words. Got it's it.
0: Play on words, exactly.
1: Got it. Thank you.
0: It was it was fun. It was it's got an innocence to it. It, it, it wasn't mm-hmm. trying to be more than it was. No, and, and I,
1: it well it reformed the educational system of the universe in the future, we find out in the sequel. Which, I mean, is fascinating in terms of it doesn't have a time paradox.
0: Well, this movie was great because it's, again, the... Uh, the I'm not even sure what the right trope would be called. But again, the, uh, the team has to do the big, big show kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. There is no enemy to speak of. There's not even a rival team. It's basically perform or die
1: will perform or dad who seems to be maybe the chief of police the sheriff something like that will uh, send was it ted ted tiana reeves character military school in alaska and i have to say across the two movies missy mom cracked me up
0: some of the running jokes were a lot of fun the uh missy who they one or both of them had tried to date in high school when they first started. When they Mary's, were fresh, uh, at first, Bill's, Bill's mom or Bill's dad yeah. and his his stepmom. It's the shut up Ted, and then the next one it switched to Ted's dad is married to her. Yeah, and then at the end of the movie, the second movie, Bogus Journey, she's in the newspaper headlines and the credits has married the bad guy. Yes. I mean, it's the whole thing, if she's a gold digger or whatever. Yeah. She was well used.
1: Well, and I just loved that line of, remember when we were freshmen and she was a senior?
0: Yeah. The, and that 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 whole thing was also part of the live action show, um, which I know I've seen, because Rick Overton, I remember him as Rufus. I remember, like, nothing else of the show.
1: Oh, fine.
0: And if I can find it on... Uh, on, you know, DVD or Blu-ray, it's like, what the heck, I'd pick it up.
1: Rufus was a wonderful character.
0: George Carlin, first off, brilliant, Uh, just in general. His portrayal of Rufus in the first movie was a lot of fun. Yeah. The second movie, he's really not in there enough.
1: He's not. He's not. And he doesn't make sense how he's in there.
0: I had thought... Based on the ending of the second movie, maybe I just misremembered stuff of the decades, but that there was something somewhere that explained that in the first movie, Rufus was the bartender in in the Old West or various people who had kind of finagled things. But we never really see that. Mm -mm. So either it was in some extended cut that Hmm. no longer exists or Mm -hmm. the timeline has changed and it no longer happened. (laughs) But... I
1: like that answer.
0: In the second movie, he kind of tags along back in time, isn't seen from that point in the beginning until the very end. He essentially has the scene at the beginning.
1: But he seems to have arrived before evil Bill and Ted. And that's the part that doesn't make sense to me, is how he seems to arrive hours before the people he tagged along with.
0: He was on the outside of the phone booth.
1: But so was Napoleon. He had a
0: better grip. I don't know. Okay. it was, it was the never power explained.
1: of the electric guitar chord.
0: Probably. He's Rufus.
1: He's Rufus. Okay, I'll give you that. Now, okay, since we've started into the second movie, I just have to say I love Death. The Grim Reaper.
0: The Grim Reaper is a lot of fun. They introduce also Station and a few others, the, the robots. The princesses get much bigger roles. Yes. Although we're still supporting cast. Yeah. It's a very different film because it's dealing <sighs> with life, death, the afterlife, the after death. heaven, hell, uh...
1: Your own personal hell. Your
0: own personal hell. Robot versions of yourself, both evil and good. Uh, it, It tried to be a little bit more metaphysical.
1: I will never forget, and in fact, the moment it was coming up, I was like, oh my gosh, this is my favorite part, and I'd forgotten until it was coming up. This is when the Grim Reaper gets to call out, you sank my battleship. Best the, product placement ever.
0: Yeah. Well, and the, again, the Grim Reaper it, had beaten everyone who'd ever challenged him. These guys challenge him in their wheelhouse, not his. Uh, a twister. Uh, yes. Clue. What I also really liked about those scenes, uh, that, that montage really, is every time he loses, well, best two out of three, three out of five, five out of seven. And Bill and Ted are like, okay, that's not cool, but all right, let's... They were really good sports about it. Yes. And... Idiots, though they may be, they're kind-hearted, well-meaning Yes, idiots. yes. And not even total idiots. Because even in the first movie, there are aspects where, you know, Bill is telling Ted, no, no, it's this guy, this is what's going on. There's some stuff going on.
1: Oh, I like the, No, no, what we have to remember to do is afterwards, go back to two days ago and steal your dad's keys. You mean it is my fault. I did steal this.
0: Game. There's an aspect of you've got a time machine, so if you only have more time, well, you do so you can do stuff after, in intentional. Um, I don't say predestination paradoxes, but essentially, in-, in setting some stuff up, they used it well in that one. And while well, I think the plot of the second movie had some key differences, in so much as there was an actual bad guy hmm, instigating mm-hmm. things, whatever. The overall plot of something happens. They have a journey. They keep going, Um you and know, they
1: have to get to a certain place to make a presentation. Battle of the Bands.
0: The Battle of the Bands in the second movie replaces the the high sc- the the history presentation in the first. The getting killed replaces the they get they're at the Circle K mm. and they get mm-hmm. the phone booth. So there's parallels, and you know where they're picking up people along the line in the second movie, etc. But it's It had enough of a different feel that when I was first watching it, I'm thinking, you know, that first one really was just that much better. Mm -hmm. But in the intervening time since I've watched it, it's like, you know, actually the second movie really wasn't bad, had some good moments, tried to do quite a bit, succeeded, it was different, but the two movies had a very different tone and style in my mind. Mm -hmm. Same universe, but if... If you'd watch the second and then watch the first, it's like, well, what's going on there? Mm, mm-hmm. Even though, again, the at the end of the Battle of the Bands, they do the predestination, you know, paradox sort of a thing, again, to good effect.
1: Yes. Well, and- they have in both the movies, they keep saying, we have to learn to play these instruments. We have to yes. get better. And then they're like, oh, wait, we have a time machine. So basically, in the middle of Battle of the Bands, when they're supposed to get up and perform, they go to the time machine and go spend 16 months learning to play their instruments. And they come back out with babies on their backs.
0: Babies, beards, they look like ZZ Top.
1: Yes. But I love Bill introducing on his back baby Ted.
0: Ted introducing, you know, baby, baby Bill. Or Bill Jr., whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, Little Bill.
1: This is really nice.
0: They did some fun stuff there and then also with the newspapers in the credits... Yeah. Where it's like, here's what happens next. Here's how they get to the future.
1: Well, and they really did a great job in the second movie of establishing that that whole future that was predicted or that we were told was coming happened because the bad guy came back to stop it.
0: Well, yeah. What's funny is the future we'd been promised in the first movie, peace and harmony in our, you know, in the mm. future didn't happen because there was the bad guy to go back in time to give them the venue to reach the world and make the future happen mm-hmm. so there's some some odd stuff there but mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. now the comic book takes place immediately after the battle of the bands hmm. they're literally walking out from there and it comes down to well they've got to write a second song you know uh how are they going to do it hey we've got a time machine they wind up in the future a few decades before the second movie starts in the future, encounter, of, uh, by the end of the first issue, the young Denomalos, mm. who's a loser. And they're like, but he's also the bad guy, maybe we can fix it. Wackiness will ensue, presumably. Mm-hmm. But it in that first comic issue, I think did a good job of blending the the aspects of the two movies. The time travel that was really more predominant in the first movie than the second. Because mm-hmm. it was integral in the first. It was a framing sequence vehicle in the second. Yeah. But also the villain, the other characters, and that kind of a stuff that were introduced in the second. Station, death, you know, whatever. And really getting a, a nice hybrid of the two.
1: Now, I got to say, death, uh, he, he's dead on two TV shows we watch right now.
0: At least two. We haven't. I haven't gone through his his IMDb page to find out where else he is. True. But it's funny the the shows we've seen him in. Yep, he he was there and died. Well,
1: but he's been like we see him occasionally, even though he's dead.
0: His characters have lasting repercussions because they're dead.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, he's on Hawaii Five Five O. He's yeah. McGarrett's father.
0: Yeah. He but, was killed off in the pilot.
1: Yeah. And even recently in, I I guess, a hallucination-ish dream, dream sequence I think it was
0: their 100th anniversary episode. It was. 100th uh, episode. 100th
1: episode. He was alive again. So that was an amazing episode. And then on The Flash, he's currently dead, but causing havoc for people.
0: Yeah. He was a character there in an episode with the whatever happened to ramifications going yeah. on.
1: And I just think it's hilarious that now every time I see him, listed, I'm like, oh, yeah, death.
0: You caught the other role he played in Bogus Journey. At the end, when the Battle of the Bands is getting on all TVs, there's a British couple. Yes. He, he was the guy.
1: Oh, how funny. I didn't even notice.
0: Just so he could be kind of seen out of costume. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah, I mean, the the main people here, obviously George Carlin, brilliant job. Um that uh death was uh William Sadler. William Sadler did a great job scene stealing kind of a, a character. Yes. But the the lead too. Bill was played by Alex Winner, Ted by Keanu Reeves. Now Keanu, of course, has gone on to do some major hits. The speed movies uh shortly thereafter this, Matrix, he's still doing some major movies today.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh Alex Winner done voiceover work. And some directing? Some directing. He's done uh, some documentaries. He's got one on Bitcoin that actually sounds really interesting. Uh, I'm not sure what his other one was. But he's kind of faded a little bit more into the background, not mm. as an actor, which is a shame because out of the two, I felt in these movies, he was the better actor. Mm. or the, At least the smarter character, maybe. I don't know. Maybe that meant Keanu was the better actor. But there have been talks of doing a third movie. Mm. including shortly after uh, Bogus Journey. But that one, I think, was the wrong movie at the wrong time and different enough than Excellent Adventure that kind of that wave of success just kind of ended at that point. And again, I, I feel that while it got better received by critics, again, my first uh, reaction on watching it is, eh, it's not what I was expecting.
1: No, no. And really, I came out of Excellent Adventure on the high of the presentation at the school, Mm-hmm. And thinking, you know, that clip that is the school presentation really deserves to be a YouTube clip for people to see. Of this it's just great filmmaking. Yeah. But this is not great re- representation necessarily of historical figures. And there's there's more that could been done, but that's how you leave an audience coming out of a comedy going, but "Dang, that was one heck of a film."
0: But I think what led up to that, the antics and the various time frames, the time periods and stuff like that, it was a constant enough, this is fun mm-hmm. aspect, um, whereas in Bogus Journey, there was it was a bit more of a downer. How do we get undead? How do we yeah. go find this? Oh, we got to do this. It, it lacked the almost whimsical uh, yeah. aspect of the first. The first one almost has a montage sequence to it, certainly as you're going and grabbing the different people. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the story moves forward, mm-hmm. whereas I, I felt it was a little slower-paced um, story and a little bit more convoluted story.
1: Well, and it's funny because there were a few times in Excellent Adventure where I found myself kind of looking at my watch early on. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, let, let's kind of get certainly going. Certainly
0: early on, certainly the first 10, 15 minutes.
1: You know, but then there were a few places where I'm like, did you cut a scene? Cause like Billy the Kid is helping lasso people and get them into the phone booth.
0: Certain things obviously happened off-panel where it, he went from he's along for the ride to he's he's actively helping them. Yeah. Whereas I felt in Bogus Journey there were a couple of times of what's going on? Why you know? How are they building these robots? You know? Mm-hmm. Um. Again, both are fun films, good films, but I think very different films. To a degree, not quite flip sides of the same coin, but some sort of. Mm-hmm. Um And, you know, there's been talk of even recently doing a third movie, not just back in the day, Um, which I don't know what they would have done back then. But now it's been another 20 years. How have the characters progressed and stuff?
1: Well, in Bogus' journey, like you said at the end, with the newspaper clippings and stuff, I mean, they even laid out uh, Bill and Ted getting on a ship and going out. And frankly, so-
0: that could be... The next movie, you know, I don't know. There's a lot they could do if they can get, obviously, both actors. Mm -hmm. Well, well, and and Sadler, I think it'd be good to have death back. If they can get the cast back together, obviously, they can't get Rufus. I believe they stated they would not recast the role. Mm. I think, well, they could get maybe Rick Overton, who didn't, TV show. Not having Rufus is the right choice. Yeah. Don't water down the character. Um, Yeah. If anything, have them have evolved to that sort of a point. Mm. They are the prototypical Rufuses.
1: hmm
0: Maybe. Yeah, yet still being Bill and Ted somehow. mm mm-hmm. um, The real thing would be, can they get the right director? Yeah. Got to have the right script, and maybe the people who did the, the first two can, can get something that really works as a, a third one. But enough time has elapsed doing a, a, a sequel to a 20, 25-year-old movie. Kind of hard, doable, but hard. Mm-hmm. I I would love to see them do it. You know, I thought it was a fun concept, a fun execution of it. Uh, again, for me, more so the first because I just like the time travel aspect versus the we got killed, we got to come back. save the day, yeah.
1: You know, and I mean, I totally agree with you there. If it hadn't been for death and his scenes stealing, I mean, I trudged through quite a bit, especially the personal hell portions of that. But death with the you sink my battleship and death trying to play Twister. I was he was
0: fun but busted up at it those points. Undercut. Rufus was sent back because they knew that they were at risk at this point with the uh the the history, uh, presentation. Yet they got killed and nobody came back. But Rufus
1: knew death was a member of the band.
0: Fair point. They knew that had to happen. So if anything, that well.
1: Rufus knew that they had to perform at midnight. That's why Rufus put them in that slot in Battle of the Bands.
0: How come then his mentor, Denomolos, didn't know they died and therefore went and killed them?
1: He was a gym teacher.
0: Doesn't know history. Fair?
1: Okay. Rufus mentioned that at the end because I remember wondering, why was your mentor a gym teacher?
0: No, fair point, fair point. Mm -hmm. Bottom line, it was fun. I just felt the second one had a, a different tone and style. Yeah. Um... When Drew and I reviewed the comic, I had just watched the two movies a day or two before. He'd watched them when they came out.
1: Oh. Or maybe um, once
0: since. But the the comic coming off right on the heels of the second movie. Oh. 20 years later. Yeah. He, he was like, who are these characters? And it's a fair point.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, I can if, see that.
0: If you're going to read the comic, pick up the movies, watch them. It, it's literally three hours.
1: God, and there's so much. I mean, I'd forgotten how much fun they were because I haven't watched them since, at least college. I think well, I maybe yeah. yeah. I mean, I know I watched them in high school. I may have rewatched them in college because back then we were renting videotapes, also. But rewatching them now, I mean, it was great in they terms hold of. They up. Yeah.
0: You know, one of the things that really surprised me about, and I think is also a key difference of the two movies. I thought the soundtrack of the first one really held up. Mm-hmm. Is it 80s, 90s music? Well, yeah, of course. That's when it was done. But it was fun music. It was good music. It was upbeat music.
1: And the air playing the guitar was hilarious. But
0: the second film? Not much of the soundtrack really steps out, stands out to me.
1: I was going to say, I don't
0: really remember it. I liked the first one enough that I had it on, on cassette. Because mm. audio cassette is what we had back then in the <laughs> olden days.
1: <laughs> um, that was when
0: it was you had devices known as Walkmans.
1: Yes, but at least we aren't referring to 8-track tapes, so we're
0: hip. The movie came out in the 80s, <laughs> late 80s, almost 90s. Had to be another, you know, yeah, 20 know. years earlier. <gasps> that is surprising, <gasps> though, that uh, Star-Lord didn't have an 8-track uh, uh. player in Guardians of the Galaxy.
1: Oh, my word.
0: So yeah, I thought they were fun movies, well worth doing. I would like to see them uh, continue with the the property. I hope IDW uh, was it IDW or Boom? I forget whichever one did the comic. I hope they have success with that. Um, if you have not seen these films, one you should have watched them before listening to this. But if you've made it through the news, by all means, watch it.
1: Well, and if you haven't seen them in twenty years, and we're just listening to this as kind of a oh yeah, I remember seeing those forever ago. Come watch them again; they hold up.
0: I remembered a lot of the aspects of the first one. I remembered very little of the second. It was well worth rewatching.
1: I had the same feeling. And, you know, it was funny to me that the parts that I remembered from the second were the game playing with death. And I'm pretty sure that uh, the games, Twister, Clue, and uh, Bowship, had commercials that used some of the death movie scenes in them at the time. Oh, almost certainly.
0: I'd be amazed if they didn't.
1: And that's why. But it was just cracking me up as I was sitting there going, you know, so often now I see blatant product promotion and product placement in things I watch. I'm like, oh, yeah, you purposely turned that so I either would or would not see it. And it just kind of feels forced.
0: Whereas here it felt naturally. It was just part of the story.
1: It was. And it was gracefully done. I mean, death laboring over who he thought had done it. In clue was well, priceless.
0: And blatantly cheating. Yes. Yes. And and Bill and Ted not calling him on it. Cause you can't cheat death. Oh it, yeah. It that I think was the the key scenes and and memorable scenes of the movie of the um, second movie.
1: You know I didn't remember the part up in heaven. Uh,
0: it, again, to me, it has stuff that's easier to forget. It's not as like the first movie. It had memorable scenes throughout mm-hmm. and was of a more even quality. I don't think the other one was uneven so much as...
1: Standout scenes.
0: Didn't have the standout scenes or some of the standout characters. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Death, standout character. No no question there.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, the scenes in Heaven were good, and Death stole quite a few of those as well. But I'd, you know, I'd forgotten them sneaking Death into Heaven. Mm-hmm. I'd forgotten the guys basically going up to God and confessing they mugged people to sneak into heaven.
0: Well, and some of the various people you see, yeah, you know, in heaven. It was it, it if you haven't watched it or didn't think it was that good at the time. Again, both of these are well worth uh, pulling off the shelf, seeing if you can find them at your local uh, DVD store or whatever. Because I'm willing to bet they've done a, uh, a one DVD set that's got both or Blu-ray set. Again, I watched DVD, and on, I forget which one of them, they had a special feature, like an interview with the two guys.
1: Mm, i didn't I'm even watching think it, to look for it
0: on the big screen, and it was done back in the VHS era. Oh. And man, it looked horrid. I bet. So, you know, if there was a, a really dirt cheap Blu ray, I could even see springing for that. You know, one of the other things we never saw in the second movie that was just a hallmark of the first is you've got a phone booth, regular size, that you can fit a dozen people
1: in. I know! That was amazing and then sometimes they could kind of poke out the top but they could see the top
0: I, I how they filmed that I think would be fun to watch but
1: uh, yeah oh, and I loved it when they got stuck back in the caveman era and everybody had to chew gum to fix the antenna.
0: Yeah the antenna's broken they've got to patch it together because that'll work. Yeah those were the sorts of things, the hurdles, the obstacles they had to face in uh, in the first movie. That really, again, reminds me of that journey of the the music group or, or whatever that's, mm-hmm. you know, got to pull it together and, and, and whatnot, which is, you know, again, it's about a band nominally, the uh, Wild Stallions, um, but that's, I think, they hit the right notes in just such an off-the-wall way.
1: Mm-hmm. And yet, in their theory of time travel, you can return Billy the Kid and Socrates and all these people to their period of history, Napoleon and Genghis Khan, can mm-hmm. each go back to their wars, and they're totally unaffected by seeing San Dimas, 1988, and any other time frames well, they've been
0: to. witness in the second movie, Rufus had brought forth a bunch of people mm-hmm. as guest lecturers. Yeah. So being out of your time zone happens all the time in that world. Yeah. So again, but, fun stuff,
1: and I mean it's a fascinating concept of education that they propose for the future in that
0: second movie. You want to know what it was like back then? Talk to somebody who knows. Yeah, and it goes back to really putting a a focus, not a focus, uh, leveraging the importance of firsthand experience, yeah. or at least immediate secondhand experience. Yeah, you know, somebody who was there at the time. Ask them; they know.
1: Yeah. You want to find out how to clean up some milk, we'll go get Pasteur for you.
0: You want to know, yeah, anything, we'll just, just go ask the guy. Yeah. Or we'll bring him here, whatever. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I was really glad I'd watched him again. I thought it was a lot of fun. They keep talking even in, like I said, recent years, like a year or so back, that they may get that third movie going.
1: See, and I just can't, I mean, I, on the one hand, I want to see what they would do. And on the other hand, I just can't fathom what the third movie would be. And that's why I'm curious to see what would they do.
0: I want them to do it if they think they can do it right. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that looks like. Yeah. I don't know how to determine other than after seeing it, if they got it right. Mm-hmm. Uh And I don't want them to do it wrong. Yeah. But I think there is more story and more fun to have in this universe. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we'll see what happens anything else does it pretty much do it i think that does it cool the show notes and forum for this podcast can be found at www.comicbookpage.com under the podcast and forum sections of the website please email us at theguys at comicbookpage.com and let us know what you think of what we discussed in this episode thanks for listening